Hello, crew of the Enterprise. Just a quick message before we get into the episode. This week we deal with some pretty sensitive themes dealing with sexual abuse and relationship abuse. So just a bit of a warning before we get into it. And on to the show. You didn't... What? What the <laughs> fuck? What? What? Captain Spot, Stardate 42-47-22.1. Welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I am your captain in Whittington. <laughs> and with me, as always, she created an exact replica of Missouri on Mercury. It's Danae Hughes. Don't ask why. It's a long story. It involves... It will all become clear. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll just... We'll, we'll leave the details out for now. <laughs> what, what what things from Missouri would you... Like, if you landed on Mercury and you're like, mm-hmm. holy shit, they recreated Missouri on Mercury. What things would stand out to you? Oh, okay. Right. What would uh, be like, damn it, they, they nailed this. It's just a lot of farmland and cows. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's just things that would distinct, distinguish it from, like, Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Um, you know, I don't know that there's a lot that distinguishes us from Kansas. You've got the big arch thing in St. Louis. We do have a, we do have a big arch thing. That would be yeah. a giveaway. If like, suddenly the, the, the arch was just like, oh, hey, shit. And we just we just duplicated that. one beside the other. People just think it's McDonald's land. Oh, that would be amazing. That would immediately... I'm amazed that hasn't already happened. I'm amazed McDonald's hasn't already bought a second arch and made it an M. I'm amazed the arch is still standing. The when, uh, when you're a kid, when you're a kid, when you're mm-hmm. a kid, you're like it's the arch, and you you go see it. And then as you get older, and you're like, how are we still? How what what? How is this still there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, and everything. Did you go up inside of it? The arch? No, we did not. Okay. Do you want to? Um, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I am like just not the touristy person. I'm yeah. really, really happy to like look at it for a couple of minutes and then be like, I've done that now, and then leave. Like I don't <laughs> I've done I got that to now. touch it, which was fine. Um yeah. anyway, this is not the Missouri Tourism Board oh, podcast. <laughs> Carry you on. You started it. You had something else. To no, add. no, 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 no. Like, we're done. Danae is super fucking eager to start to sex up some candles. <laughs> this has been you've been edging me on this episode. <laughs> Since since no, the beginning of this show, uh-huh. you've been talking about this episode for so long, uh-huh. and then every time we've almost watched it, uh, mm-hmm. we've stopped for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Some of them because it's like, oh, we're gonna do you know another season. Uh, we did Strange New Worlds instead yeah. of going into the TNG episodes, which mm-hmm. was a great idea, obviously, because hello, that's the best show Strange ever. Strange New Worlds is amazing. Yep, and then we had an interview with Fred uh, Bronson, mm-hmm. and so obviously that needs to trump watching this heck yeah but now we're getting a lot of um suggestions of other episodes to watch in this new season of captain's pod like things to go back and and look at together um but we have to get this one out of the way i I cannot not Mm -hmm. watch this any longer it has to happen and it's happening today and i'm i'm i guess probably at this point maybe like you visiting the arch like i've 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 been there. We've talked about it enough, but like, I'm actually going to go in and experience <laughs> You're it. You're actually going to go in. The edging has finished. You're still getting a bit of strange. It's it's not New World, but you are going to go deep inside. Um, Here we go. Season seven, episode 14 of Star Trek The Next Generation, which is Sub Rosa, or as it's more commonly known, the Beverly Sex Candle episode. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you guys have 
this i mean when we decided to revisit some older episodes of star trek like best of both worlds um all of the other awesome star trek episodes now we're gonna do the really notorious ones and we're starting with 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 the with i'm out of words with this one with the, the, the beverly r-rated one. one the r-rated one we're going um, right in we're going right in deep we're so, fearless Without any further waxing, waning, or any wait, wait, we can't go in. We can't do it. You have to tell. No, not yet. You have to tell. Okay, you should give predictions about how you think I'm going to react to this episode Mm. because you're the only one who's seen it. Uh, It's true. Seen it more times than probably most people. Um, I can we talk about why? What? Why? Oh, because I'm when I do a TNG rewatch, I don't skip any. I just, oh. honestly, even, even though I know, like, all Star Trek fans have this. They'll be like, you know what, I'm going to do a rewatch, but I'm going to skip the Ferengi episodes, or I'm going to skip the overly Klingon episodes, or I'll skip the Beverly episodes. Um, and I'm just like, nah, I'm going to buckle in and do it. Even though I know I've got 45 minutes of shit ahead of me, I'm still going to sit in and watch it. Um, I predict you will absolutely hate this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no! You're going to, you're okay. going to. You're going to roll your eyes. This is going to be exactly the things about Star Trek I think you don't like. Oh, um, no. And just be an absolute categorical step backwards for feminism. And oh, no. <laughs> or Gates <laughs> no. McFadden. Oh, no. And just you'll be thinking, why the fuck? And we'll get into all of that. Uh, does that seem fair? <laughs> yeah, no. No, you're not. You're not wrong. Like, I guess my question is that I'll be discovering is, is this an episode that was designed for shock value, like sexual shock value to, to get in more viewers or is there a message here? And that's, I guess what I'm going to go figure out. Mm. So I'll, I'll do a little bit of context. This came out in 1994. Um, this was the final season of Star Trek, the next generation. It's slap bang in the middle which is where they put the filler episodes they didn't care about. Like, you've got to get to 25, 26 episodes. 26 hours of content a year, which is just, no one is doing that anymore at all. And they knew there were some filler episodes. Um, I don't know what the motivation behind making this episode was, other than we have nothing to lose. Like, we we are not getting renewed. This is the, the final season. Let's just be a little bit wonky, and we also need to fill in 26 episode slots like yeah but we just had a super sweet chat with fred and we learned that like there's so many good ideas that go into the bin so why did mm-hmm. this one come out of uh, out top so that's my question i think it's partly because in 1994 they're going into season two of deep space nine and they are thinking about starting voyager as well so there's a good chance they're saving the good ideas for deep space nine and voyager Instead of putting them into TNG, which has had its legacy wow. and is r- w- winding down, if wow. I'm being super cynical. But either way, I'm confused as to why this episode rose to the top of the, the Phoenix pile. It's just, and- hey, <laughs> it had a candle. Oh, no. Okay, I- I'm <sighs> okay. ready. I mean, there's, there's nothing else to do. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of hear your predictions. I am mm. super nervous now. Mm-hmm. I this, mean- is, this has gone from curiosity to fear, but, but we'll talk about it when we get back from watching the show. We will, and remember, you've got to make a list of your good stuff, make a list of your bad stuff, and we will be very disciplined in the order with which we talk about them. Computer. <laughs> Say it. Just two to beam to the sex candle episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator, share our immediate thoughts on the episode that we just watched. Danae, what would you what would you like from the replicator? Anything not plasma based. Yes, that's wise. Um, I'll take anything not this episode based. Um, so as a brief summary, um, this is the 166th episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, wait, that can't be right. No, it can. Man, they did a lot of episodes. Um, um, The Enterprise finds itself in Space Scotland, um, where they attend a funeral for Beverly's grandmother. Um, Among the belongings left to Beverly um, is a candle, which contains mysteries and a ghost. And I think we'll just take it from there. Danae, what was your initial thoughts and feelings? I want to know what you're thinking. You're laughing so much. What What is going am, through your mind right now? I am laughing to cover the pain because in <laughs> all honesty, uh-huh. it has been a long time since I've seen this episode. And uh-huh. watching it with a pair of analytical eyes, there is stuff that is handled in this episode extremely poorly. And it actually is is covering a deeper topic than I than I remember it covering. And in 1994, thank God television has moved on. There is so much about this episode that I, I hate even more now that I, I've watched it with a fresh pair of sinning eyes. Um, what about you? I didn't mind it. You didn't? What? What <laughs> the fuck? What? What? <laughs> you didn't fucking mind it? I'm ready for you to say, I don't want to do this episode. Like, I'm queuing up a new episode of Star Trek for us to, like, to us to, 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 to review. To Yeah, and just um, and use every, the last half an hour as outtakes. And it, we do 10 <laughs> minutes on fucking episode three of season two. Like, okay, you didn't mind it. Elaborate. No, no. Um, there's definitely some things that are very uncomfortable. Yeah. And then by the end, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. This, okay, to summarize this episode, this is an episode of weather patterns and generational <laughs> sexual abuse. <laughs> yes, yeah. And, and like, unhealthy relationship patterns as well as weather patterns. Yeah, yeah, not just, not just sexual patterns, but just, mm. I think that, so as I try to figure out, like, what is Star Trek trying to do? Now having such mm. a different perspective on Fred's, like, genuinely after Fred's uh, interview, I really think about things totally different, like how much effort they put into mm. what they're going to make come to life on screen. Because even though for us it's a ton, how many ideas cross mm. their desk is even more. Like if yeah. you think about it, for every every episode, it's like there's probably 10 or 15 different pitches that they could go with, plus ideas from previous stuff that they could always bring yeah, back out. of course. So why go here? Why do this? Uh-huh. And I... I think it's because they are trying to to kind of touch on the cycle, uh, breaking the cycle of abuse. And I mm-hmm. think they're doing that through Beverly's character in a very uncomfortable, uncomfortable yes. way. Like, if it was going to be this, I'm glad it was. They didn't really go hard at it. Like, this could be a horror movie. This could mm-hmm. be. It's awful. Like, what's happening to Beverly is beyond uncomfortable to watch. But I made myself go, how often does this kind of a thing, you know, happen with people that are kind of groomed from a really early age Mm -hmm. to look past 
some pretty bad signs of, you know, your mm-hmm. choice being taken away from you and things like that. Like I have a lot of questions. Like why does why does Beverly, this brilliant woman, suddenly forget her agency? Why do we go from, you know, one scene where she's saying no to suddenly being in love? Like I feel like there's mm-hmm. a lot that they skip over that obviously they can't dig into for the time constraints, but there's some there's some sinful things about this absolutely that I don't I don't like um, because I feel like at the end of this episode, unless you're really thinking about it, you're probably not going to draw some of the pattern breaking, cyclical breaking conclusions that I mm-hmm. am landing on. And maybe I'm making myself go there because no. I can't believe that they would just make an episode that was as, as mindless as this mm. one could be perceived to be. But this is about an, an alien creature that has been systematically uh, using and abusing women for centuries and Beverly being the one that breaks the curse. Mm. I-, I think that there's a power in that. I thought that she acted the shit out of that. Like, mm. mm-hmm. man, I-, I couldn't I couldn't hate it as I was watching it as much as I was prepared to. It was like, man, she's really like in this. She made it real like the confusion of whatever this alien entity had been doing mm. to her. I kind of wish that the focus wasn't so much on sexual pleasure, but yeah. having, mm-hmm. s- having seen the, the game, um, mm. there is something to be said about like the pleasure center, just sort of taking over the human cognizant and reasoning. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. you know? If there's something that's going to make <laughs> you abandon your post, it's, it's pleasure. Yeah. You know, and she and she kind of alludes to something at the end, like grandma was she she was having fun, you know, she was uh. happy. But that's a lot of times what people will kind of land on in abusive relationships is, OK, I've, you know, in exchange for this, I'm going to have this. But it's very confusing because at what point did each of these women have any choice? It's, it doesn't seem like they they, they did mm-hmm. have a choice. Um, but I, I don't know. It was I, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend this episode. No. But I, I can't, I can't say that I hated it enough to never want to like. There's something about it that I'm really like still. Mm. Uh, again, I'm right in the moment. I we, we just stopped watching yeah, it. Yeah, so. we literally just watched it. Um, okay, that's really really interesting. Um, I always like to think that Star Trek is going for something, and Star Trek is like Star Trek is a great medium to tell all kinds of different stories. And there's that fine line that I really, really struggle with between trivializing something that is really, really deep and meaningful by adding a whimsical, there's fog on the bridge and we're in space Scotland. Is that trivializing what is a really deep subject of of emotional abuse and being trapped and being manipulated? Or is that a good way to do it because it's bringing it into the popular conscience it's making it something less taboo to talk about and i really struggle with the the line of how of how mm. that is done and there's just little bits in this episode like that last line from beverly that it's it's for me it rides that line too close of just being mm-hmm. well he meant well and i'm just like yeah. that just feels yeah. super gross to me like that yeah. last line of well at least she was, happy, she was when happy when she died i was like are you mm-hmm. kidding me yeah, I mean that's trivial, trivializing it. That's a good way to to put it. There's definitely like it doesn't seem like there's enough emphasis on the abuse, and there's more yeah. emphasis on the romanticism. It romanticizes it exactly. Yeah. Um, but I feel like tiptoeing into or even trying to break into the subject of sexual abuse or 
um, grooming or whatever is not something that 1994 knew how to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like if 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 Star Trek was going to do a Strange New Worlds episode on something like this, I think that there would be more screen time given to the female regaining her agency and her mm-hmm. decision and her choice and having a better understanding. Like that last scene where Beverly just is like figured it all out. She she yeah. shifts from like, you know, leaving Starfleet to figuring it all out. And I think the idea is that when Picard and her friends were put into harm's way, um, fuck Ned, but you know, when... <laughs> <laughs> When Star when Star Trek when her when her you know comrades are put in harm's way, I think the idea is that it begins to kind of shake her uh, mm. away from just so readily joining this entity. Yeah, um, I have thoughts on that. Yeah, so so it's hard to know kind of like how 1994 should have could have done things different. It's it's also hard to see how sometimes you'll watch a piece of me of of content like this and and wonder if it helps people to romanticize rather than mm. points out the abusive nature, like mm-hmm. um, this would, I know we're going to try to do things in, you know, order of like things we liked and things. No, we didn't it's like, fine. This but, is still general thoughts. Yeah. But just paying attention to how the music is used, mm. uh, how it's a very kind of more romantic, whimsical sound when she's being held and loved by this mm. predator mm-hmm. versus, you know, specifically when, when she goes back to light the candle, there's this intensity to the music um, when the candle is being lit, when we're trying to see what would happen. But I think the music should be flipped around, right? I think mm-hmm. that when he's being romantic with her, the music should be darker because mm-hmm. uh, maybe they don't want to give it on the nose too much, but it's like we know that something wrong is happening because Beverly wouldn't leave her post like this. And, yeah, you know, so I don't know. There's just little things of storytelling things that I... I just believe would be handled differently because I think that we have the ability now to converse about abuse and abusive relationships um, a lot more. I think we have more maturity to handle Mm -hmm. it because I feel like over time, whether it's this kind of abuse or others, it just feels like the voice of the people is it's harder to avoid it. Mm -hmm. Um, if, If there is a person that has been systematically manipulated like mm-hmm. in this case Beverly's family there's a there's a voice to it now it's not like mm-hmm. um it's not as easy to hide this kind of behavior but yeah. back in 1994 what was Star Trek gonna do you know it reminds me of Fred saying that um when he he pitched the episode about um we're gonna do Hiroshima and World War Two, and they're like yeah we're not gonna do that on Saturday morning TV like maybe mm-hmm. this was the only way to get this idea onto the table was to make it more. This is like a ghost romance novel that shifts into a very almost subtle abuse story. And maybe they wanted to go harder with it and they couldn't. Maybe this was the only way it's they could possible. get it on screen because this is like Saturday evening TV at like six o'clock in the evening. And they're doing a story about about abuse. Um, so maybe this is the only way they could get it there. I think it would have been a lot harder to watch if oh what's the actor playing beverly uh gates mcfadden if 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 gates mcfadden hadn't have done what she did with that character i think i would have hated it Mm -hmm. but she if she hated that episode she didn't let it on (laughs) no (laughs) you know i don't think she did i don't think she did Um, there was a real power in that and history and there's just something about breaking sick like 
I keep saying it, but there's something about breaking um, family cycles mm. of, like that is so powerful. And it's something I think about when I look at how my mom is or my grandmother or these other women that have influenced who I've become on just a family level, like on just mm. a generational thing uh, where I'm like, man, all, all the ladies in my family do this. Maybe Is that okay? Like, do I need mm-hmm. to change things up? And breaking those patterns of behavior is so fucking hard. Yeah. Um. And I really felt that watching her performance. So yeah, I I That's don't know. awesome. Again, I don't think I like love it. There, I have. I'm no. I think it could have not been made, or this point could have been made differently. But it was still interesting, you know. Mm. In in some ways, there was still like we're on the ship. We're trying to figure out like a like a colony thing going on. It's like, like this was a mystery terraform that, colony. Yeah, Vader yeah. and Geordi are figuring shit out. Little little things that the, that didn't. Like, why was that said at the very beginning about like the eye color of the family? Like mm. it comes into play later and it all ties together. And so I found that to be really clever. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I have questions. Like, Oh, like, good, good. I've got questions, but. <laughs> well, let's shift into the, the good stuff. Um, so one of, um, I actually really like the idea that an alien as a young alien child went to Scotland <laughs> and was just like, hey. I like it here. And just like, not even attached on to like human culture, but specifically Scottish culture. And thought, you know what? I'm going to grow up and find a colony and terraform it and yeah, turn into this little planet into a little bit of Scotland. And I'm going to steal half of the rocks from Scotland and I'm going to move them here. And I, I think that's a really cool idea. Like, they... I didn't, wait, wait, I didn't, I don't think I understood that part. So mm. you're saying that the alien was a, was a part of the terraform? <clears throat> Yeah, so the alien um, was part of setting up the colony. So they started terraforming the planet 100 years ago, um, and it takes ages and ages to make the environment, and then when you have the environment, you can build the colony. So, And then on this colony, this specific bit of landmass, they decided, let's make Scotland. So they took a bunch of rocks from Scotland, and they rebuilt a ton of houses, like brick by brick, from like Edinburgh, Glasgow, and made it on this planet, on Caldos, four or five. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I missed that part. I think I thought I knew that the, the colony was created, but I didn't realize that the alien was like part of it. I guess it would have been the alien through Grandma. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I meant the alien, the governor that was talking to Picard and stuff. The governor oh. of the colony. He's the one that went to Scotland, okay. Okay. and we still yeah. don't. So Ronin, the alien, we still don't know the he, entire truth. It seems to be that long ago, in like sixteen whatever. Mm-hmm. He found some people that he could merge with and just keep on living on, living on, through like by using someone's body to live through mm-hmm. their body so that he didn't die. And yeah. he just, and he's just been like backpacking on. Yeah, well, it's a symbiotic crushers. thing. Like in exchange, he gives them lots of happy times. Um, and it's he's a parasite. He is a, a literal parasite. parasite. He feeds off of. He uses them as a host mm-hmm. and gives them happy tingles. Um, but they don't have any choice in the matter and he seduces them into thinking they are choosing it yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so back to the, to your point about the the positives yeah that mm. was a really interesting thing I, and i don't mind that they want to find ways to bring to life like the wild west or scotland or whatever uh-huh. yeah. to see things that you know we the audience are familiar with and i loved the set there's just something about that mm. that was so nice like that cozy space with the herbs drying in the window and I don't know what it is about that environment, but every time I see it in movies or I read it in books, I just feel like super like I belong. Mm. So 
Uh, well, I think I it love hit the, the nail on the head. Like they wanted to make a 1600 style ghost story set in a yeah. little village. So yeah. well, we're kind of fed up of doing that on the holodeck. So let's recreate it. It was and great. It's, hey, terraform it. It's quite a unique way of doing it. Um, so yeah, it, that was and, that was a good puzzle. And to tie it into like a reason that that the Enterprise would have to stay, and then they find mm. this pattern that actually is an indicator of the alien and how it all mixed together. Like I said a moment ago, I really enjoyed that. That's a great that thing really about cool. TNG. They always manage to tie the A plot and B plot together. Like there yeah. is, it's very, very rare that they're totally separate, and they're usually tied together in a pretty clever way. I love that too, because the mm. cleverness is, you know, there's never a reason why something isn't mentioned on purpose. Of course, <laughs> does it seem? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're paying attention, it's pretty easy to see like where it's going. But mm. the mention of the eye color, mm. I wrote that down um, early on in my notes because I'm, I was like okay this is gonna happen that was so yeah (laughs) everyone in my family except for my mother and i had blue eyes and i'm like "Mm -hmm, okay let's just hang a sex lantern on that and (laughs) and and (laughs) telegraph it um i want to capture your complete joy uh of the theme music and it's so strange because i made a note that my my first note was oh the theme music and i was like this is the first time we're reviewing an episode of tng so we have to mention it we both just lit up and we're just like Man, we love this music. <laughs> it's so great. We were recording while we were watching this. I wonder, are you going to put like us chatting about yeah, I'll it put that in, in the outtakes? outtakes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the first time we watched TNG, we were actually in the same room together. We were. And we both were bopping around at the same time. It's so different to like modern theme music as well like it takes its time so much and today was like man i don't remember this taking so long i don't mm-hmm. remember this just being the enterprise going backwards and forwards uh, yep. but I, I love it it's a different time um that music is great the glory shots of the enterprise are so so good uh something else i liked about this episode that i did not expect was that there was a certain amount of uh like wading into women's uh enjoyment of sexual pleasure mm. like that it and and it not being a big deal um because yeah. i feel like this is something that growing up i would see guys kind of being able to talk more about like mm-hmm. things feeling good but if women did it felt like it was porn or something yeah um like there was just like oh that's too far we can't it's we can overly have that. sexualized isn't it yeah but this one had just a, several moments where you know deanna and beverly are just talking and one of them one of the moments is deanna is like so, so Beverly is saying that she read a, a particularly juicy chapter of her grandmother's mm. journal, which I guess could technically be a sin if you want to. Oh, it's going to be just... sinned. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, and maybe that's why she fell asleep and she had this because she thinks at that point in time that it's her subconscious, like her imagination yeah. is how she dream. felt this, even though it felt very real. She doesn't realize that it was real and that Beverly says, essentially, I'm going to go, you know back to sleep tonight or whatever who knows if i'll have another dream and tiana just is like you might read two chapters and i thought that i, I kind of chuckled to myself because i i feel like this is an attempt to just you know normalize women talking about feeling good yeah and I what like i would love is that if like two tables over there was ronica and data and wharf at a table just like what do you think they're talking about <laughs> right um i had um just two little little nods in the in the graveyard, in the cemetery, there are two tombstones that are either side of Ronan. One of them reads McFly, and one of them reads Vader. And, like, we know Marvel and Star Trek does Easter eggs all over the place nowadays, but back in 94, they were quite rare. 
So to have like a Back to the Future and Star Wars reference in a Star Trek episode is pretty fun. Oh, so Ronan was in that graveyard? At the very, very end when Ronan was standing up in the cemetery. Oh, I see. Okay. So okay. there was a tombstone either side of him, one that read Vader and one that read McFly. Like, oh, oh, that's nice, interesting. Nice little nods. That, that's fun. <laughs> um, so I've just got the one more positive, um, which was just the, the fog rolling in on the bridge of the Enterprise. Oh, that was fun. It's just, it's fun and it's whimsical and it's like, huh. <laughs> and then Data will do the like over explanation of what it is and Picard's just like, fog. <laughs> yes. It's so just, what you're it's saying, fog. there is fog on my bridge and I'm just going to go and get my jacket. I also love how they were like, there's no gravity on this one and it's yeah. below freezing in Ted Ford, but we don't cut to those to see what uh-huh. life. I immediately wanted to see everyone in Ted Ford's Whoa. glasses freezing over yeah. and like grabbing their coats and stuff and then like cut <laughs> over to like a quick look at what do you mean gravity doesn't isn't working? Like that would be chaos if all of a yeah. sudden an entire level of your ship is completely without gravity. It's so, so casual. Like there's going to be injuries, especially when it magically oh, yeah. turns back on as well. Right? Exactly. And, and also, how is that related to weather? <laughs> oh, yeah, no idea. No idea at all. I mean, yeah, it's Okay, so maybe that's more of a sin. I don't know. Maybe we, that's we a have, transition to the sins. We know. have a low gravity front coming into Northampton <laughs> today. Fuck! Everyone just starts floating everywhere. <laughs> Everyone just gets out their little anchors that they carry yes. with them just in case. <laughs> These guys have umbrellas. These people have anchors. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, okay, that's all the positives we're going to be able to squeeze out of Sabrosa. Um, it's on to engineering. Um, battle stations, everyone. There's a feedback loop with some alpha metric, alpha quasic radiation. Alpha fate? Uh, what was it? Alpha? D- uh, al- alpha sexual, I think is what you mean. Alpha, al- yes, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> Onwards. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains and remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin, especially season seven of Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, wow. So, so much. So, 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 so much. Uh, Danae, you go for it. Uh, for me, I think the biggest one is that the grandmother's favorite flower is called a camellia or something like this. Mm-hmm. And it's not a rose at all. The show is called Sub Rosa. Yeah, I know that that references something else, but I'm like, I was expecting roses. And then there was just a lot of emphasis that her favorite flower mm. was the camellia, which I just read is a genus of flowering plants in the family. Uh, they are found in Eastern and Southern Asia, which is definitely not near Scotland. <laughs> not so Scotland. I'm just like, so it just seems like there was some. <laughs> Just why Pretend as well? And why? What, what's the benefit to picking that flower? Like, it just doesn't really make pretty. any sense. It's pretty. It's really, really pretty. Maybe they were too worried about doing like the Beauty and the Beast thing if they Possibly? had like the rose in the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds a lot like the intro music when you do it like that. But <laughs> 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 uh, while we're talking about the grandmother, zombie grandma at the end, Jesus Christ, that's fucked up. I mean, I just wrote freaky grandma is freaky. Oh my god, that's terrifying. Like imagine Joy Oh Beth, my god. Beverly just comes around the corner and her grandma like, is grandma? just like, trust me, it's all fine. It's like grandma, get back in your box. But but you know, to, to to like have her come to life and zap the others when he could have just taken a corporeal form, which it he he did just say takes them. energy. Mm-hmm. He did say, but there was no corporeal form in the weather station when he killed Ned yeah. with one zap, but chooses not to kill many, many others. Which I don't is know how sin, he thought that was going to be convincing. It was like, I'm going to inhabit your grandmother's body 
and convince you to be merge okay with, with everything that's going on and merge with me. Yeah, yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense. I think it was the idea of <gasps> we want to do this and we're going to find a way to to make it. Happen. I mean, it was it was great. It's, it, was, it's, it was so freaky and weird. Like to have like to go on the face. I'm like, oh no, here we go. And her yeah. eyes pop open. It's just like oh, Jordy's just like nope, fuck that. Nope, 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 nope. Which means he could have just been like. He could have just kept her animated the whole time. I mean, he didn't have to have fresh yeah. new Beverly. Uh, no, I but think I guess he her did. body I... just sort of like died. Like she died of old age, it yeah. seems. I think Isn't it's that? a last resort. Uh, oh, you know, she did just die of old age. And I think animating her is just a last resort of, I've got some stuff in my toolbox, but I can't do this forever. Well, Ned said something. We're just in the sense category, so we're just going to mm. keep conversationally sitting here. But Ned said something to Beverly as a warning. He said, "Before you know it, I'll be burying another in the cemetery." But if Grandma died of old age, that's not really mm. like a confusing threat. It's not like this entity is like killing them. It's keeping them no, alive I... as long as it can. So it was very confusing, kind of like I don't know, red herring feel. Yeah, I think Ned is making a leap. I think he's assuming that. The two things are linked when actually Ronan's probably keeping her alive longer and keeping longer. her healthier. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, although lifespans have extended in the future, like living to 130 isn't unusual. So it right. is strange that she actually isn't older in this episode. 100 isn't super duper old in the next generation era. Mm. So that would mm. be one of my sins because like McCoy uh, is in episode one and he's, a, I think he's 137 or something ridiculous. Now he looks fucking old, but. Um, it's he's still alive. He's walking around. Um, I think something I would sin next is just the overall. I'm not entirely sure it's a sin, but the pacing is so 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 different. You just couldn't get away with it today. Like Danae popped into the mic and just said, "And here's the weather report." As we're in engineering, (laughs) and they're literally talking about Highland Games tea. And just the weather that's coming up in the next week oh, on Space Scotland. And it's I, so chill. Like It was so funny. It's like, well, the desert patterns have this. And the da 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 yeah. And I'm just like, oh my god, we're doing a Star Trek weather report. <laughs> and it just, that, that like four minute scene boils down to there's some bad weather coming and there really shouldn't be. <laughs> that's all it is. But it's like, we got to fill 45 minutes, people. And we're only mm-hmm. allowed three Beverly orgasms for the entire thing. <laughs> So we gotta we gotta space it out with some weather report. Oh yeah. I no! That, that change in pacing is so funny. There, are, the the scripts are so much denser and far more conversational than the scripts that we see today. Even though episodes of TV tend to be longer now, they have far less words. Uh, they're far far less wordy. Um, I kind of miss it, but it, there is kind of a get on with it element as well that you can make this point a lot quicker. Um. I mean, the biggest sin besides the flower, which was kind of a joke, is definitely that this is a story about a sexual predator that just won't die. Yeah. And uh, it was really difficult when when he's kind of saying, uh, Ronan is saying, I'm a spirit. I was born in 1647 in Glasgow. Earth. Like, uh, this is where it all started. I love you just like I've loved everyone before you. We're becoming yeah. one, Beverly. We're going to be together forever. And she says, stop it. And then the scene ends, and the next scene, she's like lounging in her nightwear, you know, with flowers and stuff. That to me was the most jarring decision that Mm -hmm. I think that was made. Is it, you know, that just after she says stop it, there was a sexual attack? Like, 
they needed to end the scene right then because if they would have continued on, I think it would have been more difficult. But it's still something that we have to consider when we're watching this is that mm -hmm. every time this happens, it's not like she wanted it. And that that is hard. That's It's hard to put that material into a show that is my sci-fi getaway. Mm -hmm. uh, uh -huh. um, but at the same time, I think like, I have to believe that this was for a reason because they wanted to show about how hard it is to break uh, patterns. Mm -hmm. But that's a choice I'm deciding to make. I didn't research this to find out what they actually were wanting to, to tell in this one, but that's definitely uh, a very sinful, sinful thing to put on screen. Yeah, no, I agree. And I don't think it's really the time and place to 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 do it and to deal with that. Like there's elements of this that can be addressed and dealt with through the medium of Star Trek. I the the reason I just I don't like coming back to this episode is that it does romanticize it and glorify it and Oh yeah. It's a I good mean... it's almost a good thing. Like Beverly's happy, she's having a great time. And that mm -hmm. is like it can be way more subtle than that. It can be way more manipulative, and I don't know. It's, it's the bit that misses the mark for me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, because like even in that next scene is when uh, Deanna comes in to talk to Beverly, and Beverly's like, "Well, I've met someone," and Deanna says, "You've you obviously have romantic feelings for them." Mm -hmm. And it was just such a hard shift from like, yeah. Uh, I mean, the idea I know that's real is that when people men or women are being like groomed or they're being like they're in an abusive situation there is an amount of the victim justifying their feelings so that they can kind of make sense of it mm -hmm. and and survive survive through a situation yeah. like this and so it was watching that whether they intended for that to be the case or not like i i can't i mean i could be completely wrong this is a massive assumption on my part but I can't imagine that like on the set or in the writer's room, they had a psychologist or a counselor or someone no. who would actually look at this and go, these are the kinds of behaviors that you would see exhibited for someone who was going through something like this. We can put this on screen to represent the cycle of abuse. I don't know if that was an intentional conversation, but it doesn't mean that it's still not actually something that happens. And so for Beverly to just shift so quickly and for them to put on romantic music and actually use the word mm -hmm. romance in their script to me says that they themselves potentially were struggling with how to justify the behavior that they were putting on screen. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that that pretty much covers the hardest part of this one for me. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really difficult. And it's that big, the big shift from that scene to being in Beverly's quarters for me, when I was younger, I used to always think that I went straight to alien influence. So she's now being mind controlled. So there isn't yes. a, this isn't Beverly. This is now right. some chemicals or some psychic stuff that's happening. And we're not talking yeah. to Beverly anymore. We're basically talking to the alien. Um, or at least the slowly merging version, because it's indicated mm -hmm. that there's like several steps to this sort of merging. Uh, yeah. Becoming I th one. I think that's the only way the episode kind of can sell itself that way is that this this isn't manipulation that's happened over a long period of time this is a chemical imbalance this is a an alien mind control thing well are you ready to move on to some fun funner sins some happier sins um i guess one of my sillier sins is that like don't apologize to to ned he broke into your house and stole your candle oh <laughs> and then they, go to, they go to the graveyard 
and she's just like, oh, I'm really sorry we got off on the wrong foot. No, he he was breaking and entering. Like, don't <laughs> apologize to him. He stole your things. You know, I like Ned. I like Ned um, as well. He he was fun. He's the he's the perfect example of a character that has a lot of information that's just not sharing the things that you you, uh-huh. you need to say some very direct things like your mother your your grandmother was possessed by a scary creature that lives inside the candle because that's not anything that would be completely abnormal for someone to hear that li- that mm-hmm. lives and breathes Starfleet like <laughs> there are stranger yeah. things that happen uh-huh <laughs> I, I, it's one of the things I did like is that when He's describing like the weather patterns and that the ghost has brought the bad weather. And Beverly's just like, no, it's due to technical faults. He isn't dismissive of it. He's like, yeah, dickhead, I know it's technical faults, but who's causing, causing the technical them. faults? I yeah. love that so much <laughs> because it does, he isn't the superstitious, like believing in all of the bullshit stuff. He's like, yeah, no, I know it's technology, but something is causing that to break down. Mm-hmm. I, that was a, a new way to kind of have that character because you always and, have that character that is like it's ghosts yeah <laughs> and he has the accent um we need it in this oh, episode man. we we needed a real strong yeah don't he live in called? the house <laughs> the condal the condal oh man that's amazing i'm warning you he's great I, he's amazing i hope you're scottish with, me too with the um love of star trek and mm. thinking about things being so far in the future i always get fascinated to think is it a sin that it would be we are still saying earth to earth ashes to ashes dust to dust is that really a saying that would just live on for centuries and centuries i mean potentially it- yes but it's like one of those moments when we're burying somebody in the ground in a casket is this something that we would still be doing i guess on this colony we're trying to kind of recreate a time mm-hmm. and, a, and a place but uh, I would at least be digging into that to see if there would be something sinful. I think that's specifically, yeah. I think it's this colony is very traditional. Um, I don't remember seeing it elsewhere in Star Trek when they do funerals. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think this is just like a this colony thing because um, they're physically burying somebody. But yeah, I see, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting to see we're still burying people when we mm. could just launch them into space. Oh, much cooler. Way, way fucking cooler. <laughs> I just I just heard space respond like, what are we, the fucking ocean? Leave us alone. We don't want your shit. <laughs> space junk, damn it. God damn it. <laughs> space coffin just hit the James Webb telescope. And <laughs> I know. Come on, Gran. What are you damn doing it. out here, Nana? Um, they. This is a very tech light episode of Star Trek. And... The feedback loop, like Data and everyone, is very accepting that the Enterprise is stuck in this feedback loop. They're feeding the, they're feeding the um the colony with power to try and reset the weather pattern and whatnot, and they're stuck in a feedback loop and they can't turn it off. I just fly away, put the shields up, cut power. I don't know. They're all just kind of like, yep, feedback loop. There are so many more difficult <laughs> situations that the Enterprise has been in. And it was like, hey, go down to the planet because we need you at the power relay station to see Ned die. Um, so <laughs> yes. it's like, we're going to move the chess pieces as opposed to solve the problem with science. Um, yeah. And it, the next shot is the Enterprise like in orbit. I was like, change the orbit pattern because you're already coming out of alignment. Like, I just, there's so many ways that any other episode would have dealt with the feedback loop other than, yeah. hey, we like it foggy on the bridge. 
But also, that's how the alien Ronin, you know, zips up and down. So it's exactly you have to why we have, have the to elevator have there for yeah. the plot. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah, it's a good again, point, though. You could didn't. send it while pointing it out. You could be like, yeah. we all know that there's other options like this, this, or this, but mm-hmm. we need to have a Ronin elevator in this yeah. one. It's convenient so. that on this occasion, when we need the feedback loop, that it has to be there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, anything I, else today? Oh, yeah. I've got a few. I've got some fun ones. Just ones nice. like, you know... Where it's not really a sin on the show at all. It's just a sin on me. Um, and one of them would absolutely be the perfect grand handwriting that Gran had, like the Nana. Character Are you kidding? Head. It's gorgeous. It's, it's like gorgeous. calligraphy. And it's, and it's not mine. And that's why I would send it. Like <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I don't write of, like this. <laughs> the death of um, you know, cursive handwriting. Cursive. Yeah. Uh, but that's what it looks like when you practice at it. And my grand my grandmother has really beautiful handwriting and she has handwritten probably five decades of um nearly daily journal entries and they're oh, all downstairs awesome. in her basement and all like all of these just filled oh tomes that she has um which is fantastic so one day i'm gonna be reading through them and i'm gonna be like please god don't, don't do let there be no, a sub rosa no, please god you know <laughs> My goodness. but anyways handwriting i would send the handwriting just because i'm jealous so oh, that's, that's amazing it's an it's an example of you know as writers where sometimes we just have fun and and not oh, actually sure. send the show yeah mm-hmm. send something we're jealous of it's a great way to be a bit of a dick uh but while we're on the journals reading your grandmother's porn and getting off to it like that's what's happening that's exactly what's happening. She's. I didn't she's think she re- was getting off on it. The, the intent. Well, <laughs> I guess they were. <laughs> she absolutely is. No, she's just like, she was oh, like, "Whoa, Gran!" Really, and then it, it entered it, her. It got really, really steamy, and then I fell asleep and dreamt about it. And then Diana's, li- you like literally yeah, says, you're right. "Read no, an extra right. paragraph. Like, watch, <laughs> read some extra dirty stuff next time." Yeah. Okay. Okay. I if just the would sit- turn it off. <laughs> If the sin follows Deanna's lead in, like, read two chapters, and the sin is just like, of your grandmother's pornography entry? Yep. Gross. What happens in that second paragraph? Like, and then just start describing it? Like, no. No, Big sin. Big, big sin. I don't think there is any amount of hundreds of years where we will be comfortable with reading your grand... And this isn't even, like, a distant relative. This is the woman that raised you after your mother died. Like, I don't care how comfortable you are. You're not going to read about a 34-year-old banging your 100-year-old grandma. My God. My God. Uh, A silly one that I would do is in the lift when Picard, I think it's Picard and uh, Ned. No, it was the alien that like came to the colony. The the, 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 the governor. The governor. (laughs) When they're coming upstairs right before the weather patterns and he Mm -hmm. sneezes and his sneeze is so funny (laughs) and i laughed out loud when i was listening to it because it was like this yeah (laughs) it was so nonchalant it lacked any like confidence there was (laughs) it was just this my allergies are acting up (laughs) we need to know that the weather is changing make somebody sneeze it's like is somebody dying make them cough but it was so um like there was just no gusto to it. There wasn't no. a sneeze. It, and so anyways, I would I would have the narrator do a very unemphatic eschew just to kind of try to eschew. Eschew. Yep. Um that and reminds- maybe even have the, the text be just a shoe yes. instead of at you, just a shoe. Especially if like Picard <laughs> looks down. It's like, no, he wasn't pointing <laughs> yeah. out his shoe. Um, that reminds me of an episode where Worf gets the sneezes. Um, and it's the it's one of my favorite bits of like sound effect work on Star Trek. He sneezes 
and it fucking echoes and reverbs around the bridge and everyone looks at him and it's like I swear you can hear that thing from space like it is so loud and everyone's just like are you okay Wolf and he's like I'm fine but (laughs) it just like echoes it's so so great it's like yep that's how a Klingon sneezes I want to hear that super weak and wimpy sneeze just (laughs) echo it'd be like it's so pathetic (laughs) do you have any more um, I do. How does a phaser work on a ghost? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to take corporeal form, but I'm going to hold it long enough for you to zap me. I don't know. Like, is it that she destroyed the candle and this is his last bit of energy to hold on to being a physical form? But if I don't know, phasers, are, I think they're plasma based as well. So would the phaser mm-hmm. feed him? I don't know. It's I never like it when the climaxes shoot it. That's always a yep. little bit disappointing. I would much rather the emotion from Beverly carry on and she just screams him into non-existence. Or she like absorbs his power. Mm. Oh my Jesus, no. Yeah. And then she like transforms into like the superhuman. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That's going to be Beverly's legacy. She turns into a ghost and haunts somebody in Wales and just no, becomes a no. sex ghost. We want the cycle to end. Yeah, sorry, end the cycle, not start uh-huh. the abuse again. Sorry. Got it. Yes, got it, got it, got it. God. This is why you're not allowed to write for Star Trek. Yeah, this is why I'm not a (laughs) counsellor. No, no, we're going to work on it. We're going to work on it. Um, There is one that's absolutely a straight up sin continuity thing on this episode. Mm. And it is when Beverly and Deanna are talking about just walking a couple minutes away to Nan's house after the very, this is like the very opening of the episode. Mm -hmm. So they both walk away together and then the camera pans over and we're with the governor and Picard talking about how this colony exists and, you know, the governor's asking him to stay a little bit longer and just make sure things are going well, et cetera, et cetera. They kind of have this casual walk over to a gate and in the background are all of the people just sort of milling about, which is, of course, what you see in these episodes. You see the extras just sort of making use. But guess who's also in the background milling about? Is Deanna it Troy. Oh, is Deanna still there? Oh, <laughs> but no. she's supposed to go with Beverly. So I'm like, whoa, did she which change her mind? She, which means it's, she goes off, comes back. The very next know. scene, she walks into the house with Beverly. So it's just a continuity oh, thing where that's they probably the director instructed, okay, everybody just mill about in the background. So they yeah. have their moment and she's just walking around and she, she walks around. I think she goes back over to the grave and Beverly's not with her. So it's oh, just a very so obvious moment when <gasps> there's just a little what continuity if, thing. What if Ronan took the form of Deanna and she's in, Deanna was enabling Beverly the whole time? Oh. And then we find out that Deanna was like never drinking coffee with Beverly, didn't do like the exercises with her. She was, she it was always Ronin. Shit. That would have been a pretty cool Shit. twist. Pretty cool twist. Do you have any other sins? Uh, I had one. I'm not too sure if it's a sin, but it's a discussion point. Even the way that Picard acts towards Beverly is a bit off and like overly aggressive. And it's interesting that like she calls out his jealousy and. Like, he is, yes, she's acting strange, but he is, like, 100% male saviour. I know you're in an abusive thing. I'm going to save the day. And it's almost a little bit heavy-handed for what we're used to Picard. This is how I would see... Yeah, this is how I would see Riker reacting if it was Deanna that was in trouble. Not Picard so much. But I know it's complicated because he has a relationship with... Beverly that's complicated and interesting and it just I don't know 
I liked it when I... he started shouting the questions of like, where are you? Where were you born? What ship did you fly in on? Oh, I love that part. Yeah. That's really powerful. But the way he acts with Beverly is a little bit almost condescending. I don't know. I, I like. Know. I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I found him to be kind of the voice of like absolute reason. Like mm. Beverly just all of a sudden quitting her job. That would be infuriating as a captain, but also yeah. as a friend. Uh-huh. That's a that's a huge red flag is when somebody just completely abandons what they're doing to yeah. go into a relationship and disappear. Mm-hmm. Like that's obviously something is going on there that is very out of character. And it takes those really strong personalities to unapologetically insert yourself into moments to find some information out and mm-hmm. and at the best give that person a handhold out and at the worst make a complete ass of yourself for breaking and entering which he also does <laughs> while she's having while some fun she's, time yes, yes. And how's that that was one of the sin how's the peeping picard how's the peeping <laughs> how's um, the peeping? yeah you knocked and nobody answered so and the door is unlocked but that doesn't mean that that's a you know invitation to come no, into you someone's continue house to knock. <laughs> you continue to knock now, if he looks in and he through the window and he sees that she's in trouble, that's one mm-hmm. thing. But he looks in and sees that she's pleasuring, not herself, but she's mm-hmm. just experiencing pleasure yeah. uh, in front of the fire. So, you know, I, I agree that some of it was very forced, mm-hmm. but I also kind of appreciate that that character is there. What was this a really big sin for me is why not bring Deanna to that meeting with Ronan? Yeah, if there was agreed. a if there was a concern about meeting this person mm. and this abusive person, why not bring the empath with you? Why not bring yeah. this who is designed to try to understand relationships? You're completely leaving out someone whose whose life work it is to get yeah. into those situations. That that to me was the biggest uh, sin of that scene. Is why isn't Deanna here? And also, it does like how much more powerful would it have been if the woman character would have helped D, uh, be at Beverly to kind of be able to mm-hmm. see through. You're absolutely right. That would have been incredible. But also if the idea is that Beverly is losing her agency bit by bit, which mm. I think I agree with. Yeah. Um, Deanna would be the perfect person to recognize that. Right. So why, you know, it, it, I guess it's like, why not have the scientific stuff and stop in connecting with the weather patterns? Like why not bring Deanna? Well, because they want something else to happen and they have to not, yeah. you know, not make yeah. sense. <laughs> it would have been so much better if Deanna had done it, especially since she's been the counsel. Because what mm-hmm. this, the only decent bit of advice she gives is that you're both going through uh, trauma. Be careful. The rest of it is just like enabling her and just not being very objective. So it's just it's it's frustrating that once again the counselor has been sidelined and isn't allowed to use her expertise and is perfectly positioned to assist Beverly, but does not. The male swoops in and and the commanding officer does. I don't know, missed and opportunity. And we're continuing to overlook the fact that Beverly is falling in love with her grandmother's lover. Oh, um, yeah, that too. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> there are, even though Beverly isn't sharing a lot of the strange details with Deanna, and maybe Deanna didn't have a lot of, like, she's like supporting her friend in her endeavors yeah but there's still some really questionable things happening that are being brought up with obviously picard when picard decides to take it upon himself and go do a little bit more of investigation and then provide that really clear conflict moment between beverly ronan and himself when ronan attacks picard and you know 
mm-hmm. that kind of helps Beverly to sort of, I guess, wake up a bit to the nature of this entity that she is struggling with. Because I don't yeah. know if she can resist him. Given what I saw, I don't know how much she was able to actually resist. I always lean towards this is more than just emotional manipulation. This is a chemical thing. This Overtaking. is a yeah, yeah, yeah. This is some kind of psychic control that is also mm-hmm. at play as well. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it easier to swallow. Yep. Yep. Um I think that's that's all I had. Anything else? Um uh there was a really there's a couple ones that I would just sort of do offhanded. One mm-hmm. being how easy it was for the coffin lid to be lifted, like just kind of a general <laughs> it wasn't quick even one. Like, down. <laughs> no, it's like, well, that was easy, you know, just mm. kind of uh, that would have been kind of an easy one to just sort of be silly with. And another one I think would be that this entity, Ronan, speaks to how difficult it is for him to take a corporeal form, mm-hmm. but then he also takes the time to. I don't know if it's a magical thing or if it's like a mental thing. I don't know. But let, if if those flowers were real flowers, oh, <laughs> he really, he was in corporeal form for a long time, like making wreaths yeah. and, yeah. you know, filling up the house. And I so- think <laughs> it was in her head because okay. <laughs> when she's arguing with Ned and the storm rolls in, they the suddenly appear on the appear grave. Appear on the grave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so the, I think yeah. that was mental. But yeah, yeah. You're evil, eh? It's a fuck <laughs> lot of... Like, we sin over candling. That is a huge amount of overflowering. <laughs> overflowering. Oh, yep. my God. Amazing. Um, okay, well, that was your... The first episode that we've decided to re- to revisit from TNG. Definitely yeah. deeper than I remember. But I actually really enjoyed talking about that and with me yeah yeah it has given me a new appreciation of the episode really okay genuinely yeah it's not an easy one and i might change my mind that's one thing i guess i'll say on a episode that has a lot of emotional conflict Mm -hmm. um talking about it right after watching it is very different than sitting with it for a time so As always, we ask for your grace as we (laughs) um, share our opinions about what we watch so quickly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is probably the 10th time I've seen that episode. I haven't seen it in a few years, but um, I come out agreeing with pretty much everything you said. And I think I would recommend that Subrosa is worth a rewatch and a reconsidering under the lens that we may have helped put over it somehow. But... Yeah, it's interesting stuff. If nothing else, it proves that Star Trek can really delve into almost any genre with varying degrees of, of success. But it tries. It always tries. <laughs> yeah. And that I think it's important. And honestly, I would rather an episode like this be made and possibly positively impact the conversation mm. about the positives and negatives that we have discussed here. Um, maybe being able to... I don't know. There's just Star Trek has such a powerful medium. They they can put a lot of content in front of a lot of people's eyes. And mm. I would hope that what came from this one would be some deeper conversations, but mm-hmm. maybe not. I don't know. I, I'm really me, curious about mm-hmm. that. It has made me rethink the notoriety of it and just how everybody, when you talk about the worst episodes of Star Trek, this one comes up and everybody mentions Sub Rosa, the sex candle. 
And I think I'm going to be bold and say that's because the majority of Star Trek fans are male and probably haven't seen it in a while and probably didn't connect to it in the same way that a female audience does or a um, an audience that is familiar with that kind of abuse as well. So I think that's probably us not doing it enough justice. Potentially. In all honesty. Potentially. Or we're looking into it to justify what we just watched. <laughs> well, that too. There is that. Um, well, thank you for listening, everybody. We would love to hear what episodes you'd love us to cover off. So reach out to us on Twitter. Um, it's at CaptainsPodCS. I'm at Witsin, Witsin, W-H-I-T-T-S-I-N-N-E-D. If you don't want to, if you want to skip that and just reach out to Danae because she's far more awesome, Danae is? Uh, at Danae says D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. Um, but yeah, drop us an email as well. It's uh, uh, it's captainspod at cinemasins.com. Um, so yes, until next time, it's Dinny Lit the Candle from That's me. That's the one I picked! <laughs> Dinny Lit the Candle! Yeah, Dinny Lit the Candle, Lassie! Um, or di- no, so I'll go, Dinny go into that hoose. <laughs> Dinny go into the hoose! Uh, <laughs> as always, live long and monster! Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I want to talk about the stuff that was announced at um, Comic-Con, but if you don't want any spoilers, then we shouldn't talk about it. Oh, you mean like the spoiler that you already sent me on Twitter? Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah. The one I, I can't believe you, you did that. Oh, so you, do you want to go in completely unspoiled? Usually, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you knew the cast was coming back. I knew the cast was coming back. Okay. So do you not want to talk months about months ago? But then anything. I forgot about that, and then I was reminded about that. I don't want to. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it because I don't. I don't want to see what Worf looks like. I just want to have that moment whenever he just blasts on screen oh, and I'm like, okay. I turn into a puddle. You know. Interesting. You will because he looks tasty. Stop it! Sorry, Worf. Sorry. <laughs> I'd love to know which way around it happened. Like, so did Marvel? Marvel, damn it, man! That's how much Marvel dominates Comic Con. Did Marvel ask Star Trek if they wanted Hall H? Hall H. <laughs> I wonder if the Comic Con people went to Star Trek and said, "What have you got this year?" Or like Alex Kurtzman, Michelle Paradise just went up to Comic Con and said, "You're gonna want to give us Hall H because we have some shit that we need to talk about, and it's gonna take some time, and we're gonna need a big old hall to do it in." Um, it. It like I only saw bits and pieces of it, but it's so freaking cool. So we got a trailer for season three, and it wasn't really a trailer for season three of, of Picard. Picard. Yeah, um, wasn't really a trailer. It was like a more teaser character bio thing. So um, it just did like a rundown of the cast. So like Picard, no, started off with Geordie, then Picard, and then Seven, then Raffi, then Riker, then fucking Worf, and then yeah. It's Wolf, it's Wolf, and he's got this like awesome sword on his back, and he I'm not gonna describe what he looks like, but he looks beautiful. And then we go into I think it was like Riker and then Deanna and then Beverly. Beverly. That's a surprise. Um well we knew she was coming back. We knew like she Did was Did we? Okay, you should say yes. you knew. <laughs> I have a question specifically for you, Danae. Oh, okay. For season five of Captain's Pod. So season four is kind of going to be a bit of TNG, bring a guest on and do some do some classic episodes. And interviews. And interviews, uh-huh. Um, season five, 
there is a new Star Trek show that comes out at the end of August. This is the animated one, Lower Decks. So this will be season three of Lower Decks. And this is basically Rick and Morty does Star Trek. Um, and they're 20-minute episodes. I think there's about 10 of them. Would you like to do that for season five, with or without having watched season one and two? I'm I'm okay with whatever. Yeah. So I can give you like a rundown. Uh, so, I mean, as usual, I can fill in the blanks. Now, Lower Decks is super duper episodic as well. So like each 20-minute episode is standalone and there's some running themes that some character arcs that go through. But it's just a big old reference fest to the next generation and it's it's really, really, really fun. What are the odds that at the end of doing that, that I'm just going to want to have somebody draw me as a character in Lower Decks? Because I've been told so many 100%. times that I should watch Lower Decks. 100%. You will want to be... Like there's and there's plenty of people on Twitter that do it as well. They'll lower decksify you. Um, <laughs> I, I predict like you'll want to watch that. You don't really. You're not like a completionist, like like crazy people like me. But I have a feeling you'll want to go back and watch like the first two seasons because they're so fun. Like they are such a bonkers, bonkers crew to be with. Now I bring up lower decks because there's another reason that you're going to want to watch lower decks, and that's because in season two of Strange New Worlds, there's going to be a crossover episode. How is that going to work? <laughs> right? So the the live action, the, the, the live action people, the voices behind the cartoon characters will be playing their characters in Strange New Worlds. Interesting. That'll be awesome. fun. That's really, really, really cool. So huh. um, yeah, that, I think that'll be really, really fun. Um, it's going to be as confusing as heck for anybody that hasn't seen Lower Decks. But, and but that's it, why you're going to listen to the show, because you will help. I will fill in the gaps. Lower Decks takes place in like 2380, I think. So this is um, kind of like a few years after the final Next Generation movie. So it's in the Picard era which means it's like 150 years removed from from Strange New Worlds, which means time travel, shenanigans will, will happen. Um, that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty fun. Here's what I'm looking at while you're telling me important things. Yeah. Do you want to you make a guess? Mm. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Danae is having a look at custom-drawn Lower Decks pictures. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> of, yeah, varying quality. I mean, 20 bucks. That's not bad. That's awesome. That's not like, the best we... I've seen. Um, well, that's why it's 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I will record a commanding impression of Captain Jean-Luc Picard. I kind of just want to go through this this website and just like pay these people just to hear what it's they gonna would do. It's going to be terrible, isn't it? It'll sound like me doing it. It could. Make me a cup of tea. Make it so. I will record a Patrick Stewart monologue of your choice. No, you won't. You will not. There is no way. I will film a custom video with Kirk Spock finger puppet. Oh, no, that one I want. That one I want. I want that one. But what I want oh it to be. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. Ian. I want them to reenact the entirety of The Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God. How crazy is like a little photographic background this? of the bridge. That's so fun. Okay, so... I will record a video of up to 30 seconds with either the Kirk or Spock puppet delivering dialogue of your choice, reenactment of an exchange from an episode, as is the sample, sending a personal message, doing a scene from a fanfic, or whatever else. 
that's dangerous. I wouldn't do a scene from fanfic. I would put like a little asterisk there, be like, must be pre approved. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. Yeah. I want the end of the revenant. Um, and Spock plays the bear. Oh my god. See, I was just thinking they would do like a promo of Cap of Captain's Pod for us. That's pretty fun, actually. Although, Danae, I'll be honest, for uh-huh. $10, uh-huh. I can get those finger puppets. <laughs> but I but can record not, a promo. It's not them doing it. You're, you're supporting this person. I would like to support myself. Okay. okay. <laughs> I will th- say anything you want as Jean-Luc Picard and Patrick Stewart. These people just must have a very similar voice. And then they just I mean, get paid. I hope there's a preview first. I would hope so as, as well. I want to know what you sound like. I think I can do great impressions. You know what? I should make a fiber profile and just tell people that I would do an impersonation of Danae from CinemaZen. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. But you could actually do that with Babs. Like, there will be people oh that God. Like, swear at me like Babs. Or read my child storybook. Yeah. As Babs? There'll be people. Oh, yeah. gee, That's a There'll be people that idea. want to do that. That's a terrible idea. Itty bitty spider. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Sleep tight, you little fuckers. (laughs) Let me tell you a bedtime story. This one's really special. Lock yourself in, get your little toe nubbies under the covers there. Let me tell you about what a bed bug is first. Mm -hmm. They pour into your skin. Mm -hmm. The first thing they do is actually cut it open with razor sharp claws and teeth. Yep. I've already asked for a refund. (laughs) As my child is screaming. (laughs) There is no refund. Babs is not refundable. Welcome to Captain's Pod, everybody, where we're going to be watching candle pornography together through the lens of Star Trek. Unlit candles. Ah, no, no, it's lit. (laughs) It's lit. Immediately backpedal on that. Yeah, no, it's definitely lit. (sighs) Okay, what season is this? Uh, This is season seven, episode... Um, shit, 14, I think. Yeah, you're right. Wow. Nailed it. Did you pull that from your memory banks? No, I've got it on my prep sheet. You're such a butt. (laughs) I knew it was season seven. (laughs) I actually believed that you might have that just in your brain somewhere. Uh, The production staff noted that fan response to the episode was split along gender lines with men hating Sabrosa and women loving it. Interesting. Wow. Uh. Braggenard, the show was not popular amongst uh, among who he dubbed, quote, hardcore fans and says, mm-hmm. I've come to notice that whenever you infuse a show with sexual themes, some of these some of these fans seem to short circuit. I mean, the weather ray malfunction causing thunderstorms. It was fun. Interesting. You know, like that moment when you just decide now is the time to clean out my keyboard. And it's just like when it's not really the time that you should be doing it. But like you just start to do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's happening in the background of your show, Ian. You're welcome. I love this music so much. It's so good. (laughs) When we started rewatching these together, I was like, wow, it's just a a lot of the Enterprise just flying across the screen. And I don't remember that being that much. (laughs) Like, it's this way, and then it's that way, and then it's this way, and then it's that way. Not super imaginative. (laughs) mm -hmm. (laughs) Nope. Nope. And then it's just names on the screen, but... I remember it being so much more than that. It's weird. It's strange how the memory like invents things. Yeah, exactly. But this final bit of like the Enterprise coming onto screen and then warping away. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So much. Uh, what are we doing today? <laughs> um, TNG Sub Rosa. 
Subaru. Oh, we're going to watch porn today. A Beverly Sex Candle episode. Yeah, we will. Beverly Sex Candle episode. Let's yeah, do we it. I'm going to switch yeah, that around. We yeah, we will. It's Beverly Sex Candle. Boom, 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 boom. Episode. <laughs>